Okay, hey everyone, good Monday morning. It is about four minutes to 11 a.m. Pacific time. It is 10.56. And welcome to this live edition of Topics on My Mind for today, the 21st of September, 2020. I believe it is the first day of fall. I'm not really sure. I believe it is. And uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a week removed from when I was let go. I'll probably do a separate stream on that later on. You know, basically let go from my job. I did a big life change update video on that. Check it out. Uh, but I do ask of you, like I did there, to uh, support me as best you can while I look for work and all that uh, through my Brian's Discussions YouTube channel, which is a newer channel uh, than the one I'm using right now because I tried to montage this finally, but I have to go through a few other, you know, you know, ho hoops and all that uh, within the next month. So hopefully maybe by October 15th, things might be okay. Uh, keep that in mind. Keep that in your prayers. Um, but also check out BW Rose's discussions at all your favorite podcast locations, whether it's Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, you name it. Uh, check them out there. As well as check out my Patreon, which uh, if I could pull that up here for a second, I will uh, let you know what it is. I think I did link it at one time. Uh, let, me, let me check my Patreon, which is uh, basically at Brian Walmer. Um, let me see if I can find a link to it, make it a lot easier. Oh, wait a minute. I think I know what a link is. Hold on. Hold on. I think I know where to get a link at. <laughs> Here we go. Big life change uh, video. This is what the links will be. And I'll probably add these on later on. Uh, but yeah, these are basically the links I'm going to provide. Um, basically, uh, hold on, let me go back there. <laughs> let me go back there for a second. No, that's not the one. That's the one. Get, get back, get back. Let's see. And if you're listening, and if you're listening to this later on to the podcast that I just mentioned, I'm just kind of looking for the uh, link here. Let's see Patreon, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Oh, there it is. Um, yeah, I'll provide the link down below. Let me make sure that works uh, before I do anything. Uh, let me make sure it works before I do anything. Yeah, it'll take you to uh, my Patreon. So I do have that. It's under Brian Walmer. Uh, check that out. So it's under there. I'll provide that in the description. As a matter of fact, I'll probably do that right now as we speak. So I can also look up uh, what topics we are talking about today. So, yeah, uh, the topics we will talk about today. And I'll provide the link in there. The topics we will talk about today. Um, number one, will the U.S. ever get a woman 
president, a woman's president, I should say, woman president. And um, will we ever get, will the U.S. ever get a woman president? And I'm going to mention why I'm going to talk, and I'm going to talk about why I'm bringing that up here. Number two, we're going to talk about, as well as giving a little bit of my personal history, on the Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary. Yeah, it's 35 years. Uh, number three, we're going to talk about the recent details, the release dates and everything for uh, the PS5 and the Xbox Series. Um, um, and the, X, the PS5, the PlayStation 5, I should say, and the Xbox Series X slash S. We'll talk about that. And then the fourth and final topic, not, many, not much to go today by, but the f- fourth and final topic we're going to talk about is why, why is the My Little Pony 2017 movie being shown on the likes of Freeform and Disney Channel but not Discovery Family. So we're going to talk about that um, as well. So get ready for that as I um, put in some uh, tags uh, here. <laughs> but yeah, basically those are our topics we're going to talk about. And then like I said, I'll probably do a separate video live stream maybe uh, later on, kind of updating you and giving more thoughts on everything on know my uh situation right now uh as far as it's uh concerned and um hopefully like i said things will uh things will work out correctly or you know things will work out fine you know um in you know, in uh, in the future, but yeah, it's kind of a <laughs> kind of weird and everything. But uh, hopefully, things will work work out fine. I mean, like I said, it's it's a big change for me. I mean, working at that job for about as long as I did, you know, it is a it's a massive change uh, to get back to kind of be without work. You know, I like I said, I'll talk about this later. But yeah, it's kind of a a big change uh, for me. Um, if you will, as I'm finishing up on the topics here, and then we'll start uh, discussing uh, the topics without talking about them. There we go. And now I just got to um, get this here. Maybe even add on a few other things so they, they know. So, yeah, there you go. But yeah, you know, subscribe to my Brian's Discussion YouTube channel. Help me to at least get to that thousand subscribers uh, mark so I can try to montage that. As well as, you know, p- tell people about this one so that hopefully when I reapply next month, I'll be able to, you know, get something going. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about our first topic here, guys. Let's talk about the first topic. And that is, will the U.S. ever get a woman president? And hello, Z Tails. Hello, AJ. Nice to see you guys in the chat. But the question is, will the U.S. ever get a woman president? And let me, I'll be right back for a second. Check. 
Okay, I was just checking on something right there. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, but anyway. Anyway, uh, let's, again, let's talk about the first topic of will the U.S. ever get a woman president? Now, the reason I bring this up, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, in case you don't know, in case you really don't, you know, pay that much attention to politics, you know, everybody is saying the 2020 election is probably the most important presidential, if not overall election um, in quite some time, because the future of this country, if not parts of the world, kind of, you know, lie uh, rely basically on the end result of what the election will be. Now, as I drink some water there. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people may or may not know this, and this is why I'm. This is why I bring up the fact of whether or not you pay attention to the uh, inner workings of politics or anything. I mean, I know I don't. I just listen to what I. I just read up sometimes and listen to what I have to um, hear. And basically, long story short, um, a lot of people, even though even some people at Fox News, either the correspondents or guests or whatever, some people are kind of, you know, it's, even though they acknowledge mostly with Fox News and maybe some other media outlets, you know, they acknowledge it's kind of a long shot. But because of, you know, the way the media likes to spin stories, depending on who they support more than the other, a lot of people are, even though they acknowledge it's a long shot, are acknowledging the fact that if there is no end result, if there's no result, like no true, no true finalized tabulation of the votes and the ballots, whether it's in person or mail by, that if there's no true tabulation, like no final, that the person that will take command of the White House, the person that will become president, even interim slash acting president, is Nancy Pelosi. Whether or not Nancy is still in her seat of power or not at that time, she is basically one of the names, if not the name, brought up if there is no president to uh, no final tabulation on who will be president. And despite how you feel about Nancy Pelosi, and believe me, she's a very polarizing figure. A lot of people look at her age and think, you know, this girl's got to, this woman's got to go. You know, she's almost, you know, over, she's almost over 80, well, she's 80 years old this year, but a lot of people will look at her and say, this woman could be going into her 90s. She does not need to be in politics anymore. And, and that is true. You know, that's, that's true if you believe that. But basically, words going around that if she retains her seat as the head house, as the head of the House of Representatives, that if there is no tabulation on who's going to be president, no finalization, then until a final count is made or a decision is made, she will become acting president. Thus, as some people may look at it um, in their own personal opinion, she will get what she wants, and that's having a woman president. Because a lot of people will say that the reason she has issues against Trump as leader of this country is not because, you know, of the decisions he makes. That's some of it. But some people will say that the reason Nancy Pelosi has an issue uh, with Trump as leader is because of the way he's mistreated women um, in the past, you know, as well as the fact that he took away a chance at making history 
uh, once again when it came to a presidential election by basically, you know, taking away the opportunity of Hillary Clinton becoming president. I mean, again, I go back to this uh, thing that was brought up during the impeachment deal uh, earlier this year or late last year or whenever. And one person, Republican, I think it was a Republican or a Democrat, one of them, came out and basically stated that even if Trump is or even if Trump was impeached, that doesn't mean Hillary Clinton's just going to waltz right in, become president. You know, it means Pence would become president. Basically, this individual called them, called them out uh, for believing that. And I am doing good today, uh, Bugs. Thank you for asking. This is a friend of mine going by that name online. But yeah, basically, basically, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, basically, this individual told Nancy, look, it's not going to to matter, you know, whether or not Trump was impeached. You know, if he was impeached, it wouldn't have mattered, you know, you know, what the reaction would be or how they would feel. Um, basically, Trump, I mean, not Trump, but Clinton, Hillary Clinton, wouldn't have become president. And I think that's what she was trying. That's, that's what they were trying to get across was, look, you know, we know you don't like, you know, we know you guys don't like uh, Clint, uh, Trump as president. Uh, but it doesn't mean that Hillary is going to be the one that waltz right in and becomes president because that's not how the system works. And, you know, obviously we found out more that basically it's not just, you know, you know, it's not just uh, Nancy Pelosi that originally, you know, began the uh, began the process. It was somebody else that suggested it to her or something. So, yeah, basically they said, look, you know, Hillary would not have become president. However, they can't say that if there is no final tabulation, there's no final decision, you know, when it comes to the presidential election. You know, because if there is no finalized decision of whether or not who becomes president, then, yeah, Nancy Waltz, Nancy takes the opportunity to step white, step right in there and become acting president. And by doing so, even if it's a short term, even if it's a week, even if it's a week, Nancy, for at least a week, will realize her dream, even if it's through, even more importantly. Well, basically, what I'm saying is Pelosi will. Live her dream. The other person that wanted Trump, that started the impeachment process to get Trump out, will live their dream. And that's having a woman president running the country, even for a week. So that way they can put in the history books, even with an asterisk, Nancy Pelosi, president of the United States. They, they could do that. But as a lot of people have talked about through various news outlets, that is a long shot of, of happening. as a long shot of happening. But getting back to the topical question, will we ever, will the U.S. ever have a female president? Will the U.S. ever get a woman president? And modest opinion is, yes, we will get a woman president. It won't be this election that's going to cause it, even if it's an acting, acting term. It won't be that. My personal opinion is we will get a woman president you know, when the 2024 election comes around. That's when I believe we're going to get one. I believe 20, the 2020 election is 
basically going to be the final time that a male is elected as president and that when 2024 comes around, we will get a legitimate female president put into the White House. That's my honest opinion. Because when you think about it, for over 40 years, if not recently, over the past, what is it, almost decade, if you will, we have had women running for president and have had women, either Republican or Democrat or independent or liberal, come very close, very close to winning the election, or at least giving the eventual winner a run for the money. Again, as much as, uh, as much as people may not like to hear it, Hillary Clinton you know, was giving you know, Trump a run for his money, and then he just pulled away. Like It looks like, in my personal opinion, and others may agree, he's starting to do right now. Um, but she gave him a run for his money. Sarah Palin, even, I don't know how long she lasted, but she, you know, I don't know if she was on the Democratic side or Republican side or independent side, but she was giving people like Obama a run for his money. And I think even at one point she tried to go up against Bush. You know, we've had women president, women trying to run for president and come close, even as far back, even as far back as the 19, is the early 80s if not before that. So over the past 40 plus years, if not 50 years, we've had women trying their best to make history by becoming a woman president or the first woman president ever. And I believe now that we are in an age, we are in a time period to where the 2020 election, despite what, it, what its outcome will be, you know, will be the last time we have a male president in office. I believe 2024, 2024 is going to basically change the status quo. And that status quo will be a female president being elected. Now, I know some people may not agree with that idea. You know, some may feel that, like others, a woman president is not going to help us because, heck, I've had certain people around me, certain members of my family, uh, basically state that, you know, that if Hillary would have won, that she wouldn't have known what to do in a crisis. Like she would have been too emotional to make a decision. And that's pretty much how a lot of people feel with the idea that we could have a woman president eventually. That, you know, she would be too emotional to run a country. She wouldn't know, you know, how to run a country. She wouldn't know, you know, what to do. She wouldn't know, you know, what decisions to make. And, you know, everybody and his thing, everybody has a right to their opinion. If they believe that to be and if they believe that to be true, then that's fine. That's, you know, that's their opinion. But I don't think that thought process is going to be around for much longer. I think, honestly, what's going to happen is whoever, whatever female, uh, whatever woman runs for the presidency in the 2024 election you know, they will essentially be the president, the woman president that is strong, that that will show that they are strong enough, that they can, you know, handle a crisis or a situation and do it the right way. So I truly believe come 2024, that will be the election year where we will get a female president in office. This right now, to me, in my opinion, is the last time we're going to have a male president in office for at least 
four years because I got a feeling between 2025 and 2029 because the election years are, you know, 2024 and 2028. I believe in between that time, we are going to get a female president. I really do. And it, even if it's for what, even if it's for just four years or maybe eight years, who knows, we are going to get a female president. And I think it'll be the kind of president that we are all looking forward to, the, the kind of president that will set things right. They will make sure that no matter what you may say or what you may do or how you feel about them, they ain't going to let it get to them. They're going to, I'm not saying they'll be the female equivalent of Trump, but they'll basically be able to handle the job a lot better than I think anybody's going to expect them to do. And that's why I believe 2020, from 2021 to 2025, because like I say, the election years are always even. We're going, you know, between those years that basically, you know, we that basically whoever's elected, whether it's Biden or Trump, and a lot of people are looking at Trump winning with a, you know, they want to admit that or not. I mean, I'm not saying Biden doesn't have a chance. And as my mom always says, God has a reason for putting some certain people in office. But depending on the outcome, you know, we might as well savor this opportunity because I truly believe, in my opinion, we are going to get a woman president elected in the 2024 election. And she's going to be the kind of woman president that takes no bull from anybody. I'm not again, I'm not saying she's going to be the female equivalent of, let's say, Donald Trump. But I truly believe She's going to be the kind of president that, you know, takes names and asks questions later or vice versa. Ask questions and then take names later. I don't know. But she's going to be the kind of president that is basically, you know, she'll listen to both. I feel this is going to I feel the woman president will get will listen to both sides, give both sides, Democratic, Republican you know, equal opportunities to, you know, speak their minds, speak, you know, discuss why certain ideas or certain decisions have to go a certain way. But she'll be the kind that will do what's best for the country. She might even be the kind that will listen to both sides of an argument or why certain things have to go a certain way and combine them and hybrid them and say, look, but you both have good points. So let's take what is the best decisions or the best ideas on both sides and merge them together. I think that's what's going to happen. You know, I, I truly do. And I, I know some people may say, oh, that's not possible. Well, you know what? You never know. You never know what is possible. And I believe, honestly, that that's the kind of woman president that I truly believe will be elected in the 2024 election, that they'll be the kind that will take the best ideas from both sides of the equation, merge them together and make that the final decision that they go with. Because you know what, if there's anything people may agree upon whether you like what the president is doing or the, or you don't, you know, one thing that a president has never really done at times, except for a few presidents here and there, is basically take the best ideas on both sides of the equation and say, let's merge them together. Let's mesh them together. Let's mash them together and go with what is best. 
So my personal opinion is, you know, yeah, is, is A, is one, I should say, we are going to get a woman president. There's no denying that. It's going to come in the 2024 election. Obviously, the time is now. The time is coming. These next four years, whoever is in office might as well savor those times because they're not going to get reelected. I mean, Trump won't be if he gets reelected here because he's already served the maximum two-term deal. And Biden won't get reelected because who knows what's going to happen in the four years he's going to be around. I mean, those that support him don't even know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? You know, because they're hearing, you know, from, I mean, whether we like what some of the media is saying about the candidates, there are some medias that agree that Biden probably won't last but one term, if that, because, you know, some people are questioning, does this guy have dementia? At least is he in the beginning stages of it? We don't know. Uh, But anyway, anyway, like I said, I, I truly believe we are going to get a woman president, you know, thanks to the 2024 election. I truly believe that. And they're going to be the kind of president that takes no bull, you know, is straightforward, you know, doesn't let the emotions get the best of them. As some people would say, would, you know, basically, uh, you know, as some people would say kind of, you know, deters any chance of a woman running for president or basically is an example of a woman not, shouldn't, of a woman, uh, basically what I'm trying to say is, what I'm trying to get at, let me let me reword, let me rephrase this. You know, basically the woman president will get in 2024 because I believe that's going to be the year. Is a woman that takes no bull, is straightforward, doesn't let her emotions get the best of her because you know that's what a lot of people feel is the weak link when it comes to a woman running for president that they uh, that they feel in their opinion that their emotions will get the best of them. I have a feeling this woman president will not let that happen. And I also feel that this will be a woman president that will take the best ideas from both parties, if you will, both political parties or all political parties and mesh them together to work, work into one enormous uh, idea that they'll sign off on. So, yeah, honestly, I do believe we're going to get a woman president. I think it's going to happen in the 2024 election. You know, will we get one because of this election? If what some people are looking at as being long shots and wild card scenarios, then yeah, even if it's a short term, even if it's for about a week or a month, you know, yeah, we'll get an acting president. We may not like who we get because of what she's done and how, you know, hypocritical a lot of people see her as being. But yeah, we will get an acting president if Pelosi retains her seat as the head of the House of Representatives. And if not, then we'll get whoever's behind her as the acting president. But the point is, the point is, though, I don't think that's going to happen because God has a reason for certain things happening. I truly believe that. And that's what my family always says. My mom always says. And I truly believe that we're going to get a final tabulation on election day slash night. I really do. A lot of people may not believe that. You know, media tries to play up, you know, certain things for drama. But I truly believe we're going to get a final decision come election night. You know, some people may say, well, you don't know that. And it's true, I don't. But I, I, I just got this feeling. Because how many times lately over the past couple of years, 
uh, past couple of elections, I should say, presidential-wise, has there ever been an election that's had to go into months that follow it, like decisions? Not many. Every decision has been made on that night. Every decision. Every decision. And let's not forget, whether you like it or you don't, Trump is making sure that no mail-in ballots are going to be the main way of voting because he knows, and even some Democratic parties that don't like that idea know, that that's easier to manipulate than, you know, physical voting. So, honestly, so honestly, though, folks, you know, I don't think we're going to have to wait a couple of months. We're not going to have to deal with an acting president or whoever that may be. The final the decision will be final on election day slash night. I, I truly believe that. I, I, I truly, truly believe that. And I, I can tell you this, depending on what state you live in during this pandemic right now, and however you, and whatever decisions your governor is making to try to get things back to a normal, semi-normal basis, you know, if they don't do something within the next few months to try to maybe save their butts, especially the states mostly democratic or democratically uh, favored state, then those people are going to probably vote for a Republican. I'm not saying they will, but they'll probably go the Republican way if they don't get a decision on, you know, what the status of the state is. I mean, we, I mean, this morning they did a live stream, a a live report of Santa Clara County talking about how they're going to update the quarantine shelter program. So I guarantee you this, whoever the governors are, whether it's Newsom here in California or whoever, Como in New York, whatever, you know, they're going to have to make decisions that they may not like to make if they want to save their seats. And if they don't want to be recalled, because I can tell you this, a week before I was let go, there was people outside with a canopy, a, a canopy up, and then one of those canopy ups, if you will, with a table set up because it was hot and everything. They had a canopy to shade to give them some shade. They had a table. They had a clipboard with a bunch of binding, binding, binding paper, if you will. Nope, notepad paper. Well, Note paper or notebook paper, I should say. There we go. Where they were having people sign their signatures to recall Gavin Newsom. And this is something that we've heard has taken place in other parts of the California, but we didn't think was going to happen here, and yet it is. So, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens here in Newman either, because people are sick and tired of being sheltered in. They're sick and tired of the limitations. And I guarantee you, if Newsom wants to prevent this recall from happening, he's going to have to make that decision of, okay, I'm going to let California reopen, but with some slight modifications. Like, hey, he may still say, look, you go outside, please wear the mask. If you get close to somebody, wear the mask. But I'll reopen everything. I'll let people go back and attend events, but wear a mask. And that's about it. And I think that's what may happen. So... Again, you know, depending on what, you know, party your governor represents, if they're the kind of party, Democratic or not, that wants to try to keep everything sheltered in place for whatever time frame they feel, 
then they're going to have to make that decision to reopen their state, you know, so they could save their butts during election. Because I know California is not the only state that's having people gather around uh, and try to recall the governors because the governors don't want to reopen the states. And I can also tell you this, too. I've had this feeling and I've thought about this. If Trump gets reelected, I've got a feeling one of the first things he's going to say during an election victory speech is he's going to order. He's, he, this is what I think is going to happen. My personal opinion, I could be wrong. If Trump is reelected, he's going to use, he's going to come out during his victory speech and he's going to make the announcement that he's going to do what he should have done a long time ago. And that's use absolute authority to reopen all of America. And then if no governors or mayors or whatever don't want to follow through on that or don't want to abide by that, he'll make sure that they'll remove from power. So I've got that feeling. I've got a feeling that if Trump wins, he's going to say in his victory speech that right then and there, he's going to use absolute authority like he should have done many months ago before this whole thing went crazy to reopen the country. That's what I think he's going to do. Again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I feel that's the direction we may be heading, heading if Trump wins. But again, getting back on topic to finish it up, do I believe we will get a woman president? Yes, I really do. And I believe it's going to be 2024 that it happens, which means whoever wins this election, savor them being in the White House, whether they actually turn, whether or not they actually turned out to be a lot better than you know we suspect. You know, savor them being in the White House because you know what's going to happen? It'll be the last time for maybe four to eight years that we have a male president. Because come 2024, that's going to begin, I believe, a new status quo. That's going to begin a new era. And we're going to have a woman president maybe for two elections in a row. Maybe the woman that gets elected gets reelected and we have her for eight years. And then the next person that gets, re- that gets elected as president is another woman. So who knows? But expect a woman president to be in the White House come the 2024 election. Expect that to happen. Expect her to be elected to the White House. And expect, in my opinion, this woman president to be a no BS, you know, straightforward, doesn't let her emotions get the best of her. And it's the kind of president that basically makes it basically takes the best ideas from all political parties and meshes them together into something that will work for everyone. So that's just my opinion on it. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comments. Let me know what you guys think in the live chat and all that. But I truly believe 2024 will be the beginning of a new status quo and error when it comes to president, to whoever is president of the United States. Because look, We've had numerous times where it's come, almost become a reality. I think it's going to be one come 2024. I really do. I really do. Anyway, getting, anyway, enough with that topic. Let's get on to number two. Number two being the 35th anniversary of the Super Mario Brothers franchise. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe it's been 35 years um, since this franchise began officially or took off officially in 1985. And um, quite frankly, I can remember when uh, we first got the Nintendo or the NES 
My second oldest sister got it for her. I think it was her ninth or her tenth birthday. I can't remember. But she ended up getting it. And even though it was her Nintendo, just like the TurboGrafx-16 uh, in 1990 or 1989 was my TurboGrafx, it was basically something intended to be shared by the entire family. Now, you might say, well, if it was hers, why, why did everybody play it? Because basically the intention, uh, the intention basically when you give somebody something like the NES or the TurboGrafx or even nowadays the Switch or the Xbox One or the PS4 uh, for the birthday or for Christmas, you know, nowadays, yes, it is theirs if you have the money to get multiple versions. But most times, especially if it's a young kid, you know, the intention is, yeah, it's theirs to have and to take with them when they get older. So let's say my sister would have kept her NES, which I I don't know what happened to it, but if she would have kept her NES as that we were all playing, then, you know, as she got older, she would have taken it with her. She would have taken it with her. Like, let's say she would have moved out, moved into her own place, which eventually she did. If she still had the NES, she would have taken it with her. And that's a fact. So that was the first time we ever played it. And we only had like one game, believe it or not, <laughs> for quite some time. I mean, throughout all the other times, we would rent games and all that. But most of the time, we only had like one or two games. Uh, two games, actually. The, the you know, the packing game, which was Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, the two-in-one game, the two-in-one packing game, or two-in-one packing cartridge. We only had that. But rest of the time, we would buy, you know, we would rent games. I think we bought one more game. I'm not really sure. Uh, but we always would rent games the majority of the time because that's all we could afford. Um, but come Christmas of 1989, 1990, I believe, we ended up getting the one game that everybody wanted. And, and I remember this specifically because we were living in Waterford, California. We were the first family to live in this new house, just like me and my mom were the first people to live in this house. And for Christmas... We ended up getting Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. We ended up getting that. We, Me and my sisters didn't even expect that. We didn't. But I remember it said from Santa. It's, uh, I think it said to the Warmer family or... Did it say to the Warmer family? No, it actually said to, Brian, to Shannon, Stephanie, and Brian. That's what it said. To the Warmer kids or something like that. It, it, it was addressed to the three of us. I know that. So we opened it up, and it was Super Mario Brothers 3. And that was like the second game that we owned. <laughs> and I know you're thinking, well, that's kind of weird. Why would you be very limited? Like I said, we couldn't afford to buy many games. So until they probably went down in price. But, yeah, we ended up having that. And, again, we kept renting games and all that throughout, um, throughout the lifespan that we had to Nintendo. You know, in fact, I remember... One time we went to Ultimate Video. That's what it was called, Ultimate Video. My older sister actually worked there for a short time when she was when she came of age to um, to be able to legally work. I mean, I'm not talking 18. I'm talking like 16, something like that. So we went to Ultimate Video, and I think this was a little before, you know, she uh, came of age, I believe. I think this was like 91. Yeah, it's like 91, 90. Yeah, I think it was like 91. 
and 99 yeah it was about that time frame 90 91 mostly and i think it was a little before she applied to work there and we ended up by and we ended up renting because we had to go on a list it wasn't a long list thankfully but we kept calling my dad kept calling and we were able to finally reserve the ultra games slash konami um nes release of the ninja turtles 2 arcade game uh because we had played like everybody we had played the first ultra game slash konami uh turtles nes game and of course we around the same time we found out about the arcade game which we would play uh at lake comanche because lake comanche was a place we would go camping at and they had an arcade up there i don't know if it's still there i don't i doubt it is uh, but we used to go to this little arcade area next to the next to the the lake, and they had a variety of ca- arcades there, arcade games, pinball, you know, pinball games, arcade games, uh, fush ball games, you know, stuff like that. And one of the arcade games they had was Ninja Turtles, and we would play that. And even when we got back into town, and we'd go to places like a Seven Eleven or someplace. They would have it. So we would play it anytime we had uh, had an opportunity. So when we found out that the game was coming to NES, of course, we wanted to play it there to see if it was very similar. And for a lot of us, and I think Chris Bores, uh, the irate gamer, uh, said this best. For a lot of us, we were happy to play the arcade game, even if it wasn't. Looking back on it now, we'll get re- graphically wasn't on the level of the actual arcade game, but it was very identical in some ways. So we had fun with that. So we had fun playing that. I mean, these were just memory. These are just memories uh, of how much fun we had with the NES. But again, the Super Mario Brothers uh, franchise, uh, the Super Mar- the first Super Mario game, packed in with Duck Hunt. You know, the two-in-one cartridge game. We played the heck out of that. We played the heck out of that. And even my my second older sister, uh, she was able to discover something that we didn't even know about. And uh, I think this was also at a time when game shows were game shows were basically all the re- were video game shows. And I'm not just talking video game shows where you would you know watch competitions and all that, but you would also get sort of a review. So the video game shows basically um, would some well, again they would be competitions, but also be reviews of games, and sometimes they would just reviews of games. But my oldest, my second oldest sister discovered this little secret, and ironically, I think I don't know what show it was, but ironically, this video one video game show would they would do reviews of games, talked about Super Mario Brothers, and they talked about the same secret she had discovered when it came to Infinite Lives. I mean. Basically, she found this one little area. I don't know if it was like World 3, World 4, something like that. But she would get under this one question block and just keep banging and banging and banging and banging it, you know, kind of jumping up and down with the Mario Luigi character. And she kept getting one-ups and one-ups and one-ups. And and all of a sudden, it wasn't just, you know, coins that were coming out, coin symbols like 1,000, 1,000, all that. All of a sudden, you started seeing different symbols coming out of it. And I was like, what in the world? But it was just, she had basically discovered how to get infinite lives under this one little area. It was like in, in, in the original game, and it was really cool. So, oops, uh, sorry about that. 
but so yeah, it was like I said, it was really cool. And I, I was, and I even tried it. And I, I, and once, once she showed us um, how to do it, I tried it. My second old, my, my older sister, and that's some dogs howling because they hear the sirens, some police sirens um, outside. But like I said, um, even even my older sister tried it, and I tried it, and we actually were able to get some infinite lives too. But as I was saying, it was ironic that around the same time frame, we had this one video game show, uh, this one video game show uh, basically talk about the same thing. So that was that was kind of cool. Cool and ironic, if not spooky, if you will. The fact that my oldest, my second oldest sister discovered this on her own. She shared it with us. And then all of a sudden, this video game show, there were review games, mostly NES games, would uh, talk about it as well. So that was kind of crazy, um, if you will. That was kind of crazy and everything. But yeah, I, I remember at times playing the game. And there were times that, um, what was it? Even when I was younger, um, before we moved to Waterford and everything, that uh, I would play the game while my sisters were at school. Uh, my older sisters would be at school. I think I got off early or something like that. My parents would pick me up or I'd take the bus or I'd walk home if it wasn't too far. And I would, just to keep me busy, I would play the, the NES until they got home. And I would get off and I'd be like, okay, this is, you got, it's your turn. It's your turn. Because I knew they would want to play it, but of course I had to do the homework first, and then they would play it. Um, anyway, anyway, I, enjoy, I really enjoyed it. And one, of course, one of the bit, one of the best aspects of the Super Mario uh, Brothers franchise in its thirty-five years was the adaptation into an animated series, which, of course, was the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which was live action and animation. Really. You know, like everybody really enjoyed that. Excuse me. As a matter of fact, I I can recall. Excuse me again. I can recall living out here, and I definitely remember this because I kept this VHS. It's long gone now. It's pretty much probably rotted away in the house that me and my dad used to live in, and it's all boarded up by now. But I remember having this VHS even when I lived on my own, and this VHS contained. And a lot of the cartoons I would record during the weekday afternoons from Rescue Rangers, from Alvin and the Chipmunks to Super Mario Brothers, Rescue Rangers, and I think um, Transformers. I don't know. I can't Was it Rescue Rangers too? I think. Yeah, it was Rescue Rangers. And I think it might have been um, Tailspin as well. I can't really remember. But I do know that three of them I would record were... No, it was Ninja Turtles is what it was. That's what it was. It was Alvin and the Chipmunks, Super Mario Brothers, Rescue Rangers, and Ninja Turtles. And I remember this one VHS I had just recording them on there. And I always, it was always a plan of mine. Come home from school and record, um, and, and record that block of shows. Even if I had to switch from one channel to the other, I would record them. And I kept that tape with me until I moved back here to California. I wish I would have kept that tape, but what are you going to do? But yeah, it was that, that was a block of shows I would always, always record. And Mario Super Mario Brothers Super Show was in the middle of it. 
So yeah, I remember watching that. I remember watching the um can I remember watching the the continuation, the spin-off, if you will, Super Mario Brothers 3 on NBC. This was a, this was at a time too when if a show was popular enough and it warranted somewhat of like a spin-off or a sequel, you know, that spin-off or sequel or continuation would be shown on Saturday mornings on network television. Like, you know, Ninja Turtles was very popular. So most of the time it was on syndication. And because of its popularity, CBS is like, we're going to take it. We're going to put it on Saturday mornings. And that's what they did. So, yeah, they did did the same thing with the Mario Brothers. They took Mario 3, did that. They did the same with Mario World. And then the creme diddle creme at the time, because a lot of us didn't really know any better, you know, the creme little creme, like I said, because a lot of us didn't know any better, was the 1994 Mario Brothers live-action movie. Now, of course, like I said, a lot of us didn't know any better about whether or not it was going to be a true, faithful adaptation. But for a lot of us, it was just good, cheesy fun. I mean, they did have references and, of course, acknowledgments to the game franchise, even though it was kind of like... (laughs) Far, um, you know, kind of, some people would call it far detached, uh, you know, too far away, too far detached, if you will, from what the game franchise was. I mean, you had Big Bertha being a human. You had uh, Daisy as the main princess protagonist. You know, you had Luigi being the young one, being the one that would get the love, being the one that would get Daisy as a love interest, which, of course, believe it or not, did tie into later did tie in later on the franchise of course but anyway it was to me it was cheesy fun i enjoyed it i liked it and uh, of course you have the variety of games that i would me and my family would end up getting later on and you know the rest is history and now with the fact that we're getting an animated one by illumination studios or illumination animation uh in 2022 i can't wait to see what we get out of that the question is though who's gonna voice them Who's going to voice Mario? Who's going to voice Luigi? Who's going to voice Peach? Who's going to voice Daisy? Because you know you got to have Peach and Daisy in there. Who's going to voice Bowser? You know. You know who's going to voice Rosalinda if they bring her in? You know, so it's got a. So these are questions that need to be answered, and hopefully they will be answered soon. Uh, but yeah, thirty-five years. I know a lot of people look at that who grew up in the 80s, maybe even the 90s, they're like, man, this makes me feel old. Hey, you ain't the only ones. You ain't the only ones. I was seven years old, seven, eight years old, actually seven years old when we first got an NES. So, and six years old when the NES debuted. So, yeah, you're not the only one that feels old, okay? You know, you're not the only one that feels old. But, yeah, I have fond memories of it. And now to commemorate uh, the anniversary, of course, what do they decide to do? (laughs) Um, They decide to basically bring out a long-awaited sequel, if you will, to Super Mario All-Stars. Super Mario All-Stars, in my opinion, I think that was released. When was that released? Um, You know, several years into the Super Nintendo's lifespan. So what was it, celebrating almost the 10th anniversary? I think it was. I think it was celebrating the 10th anniversary or around that or something like that. It wasn't the five-year anniversary. I think it was like the 10-year anniversary. 
Let me let me see. Let me see. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me check something out here. And I'm just looking up on Google uh, for those listening audio wise to the podcast. Please will let me know. July 14th, 1993. So, okay, so it was basically eight years after the Mario Brothers franchise debuted, but I, the Super, it was eight years after Super Mario Brothers and the NES debuted. But I think, honestly, the Mario Brothers franchise, let me see what it says here. Let's see, it's a 1993 compilation of platform games for the Super Nintendo. It contains remakes of Nintendo's four Super Mario releases for the NES and the Famicom, which is Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, The Lost Levels, the original Super Mario Brothers, uh, Super Mario Brothers 2, the Doki Doki Panic remake, and Mario 3. So, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, You see, do 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 do. Now it was re-released um, for the anniversary of Super Mario Brothers in 2010 for the 25th. It's one, and uh, oh, it's on the uh, it's on the Switch right now for the 30th anniversary or 35th anniversary. Excuse me. Excuse me there. But honestly, I think the reason this was released uh, when it was, I think the reason this was released the way it was is because, um, let's see, 1983, that's why. 1983. There you go. That's why Mario All-Stars originally was released in 93 to celebrate the franchise's 10th anniversary as a whole, not just as a Super Mario franchise, but as the Mario Brothers franchise as a whole. So there you go. That's why it was released uh, in that time frame. But yeah, it basically is, what is it, 93? So it's like 27 years. Wow. 27 years since Mario All-Stars was released, they did a sequel called 3D Mario All-Stars, uh, which is basically Mario 64, Super Mario 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy all on one uh, Switch cartridge, or digitally released as well. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, Mario's had, Mario, Super Mario Brothers had quite the history, and it's all going to culminate in about two, a year and a half, two years um, with an animated film. Hopefully that's true to what the original, true to what the franchise really is. And that's what a lot of people are hoping. <laughs> so can't wait for, can't wait for that to come out. Um, again, it's just, you know, one of those uh, situations. Again, it's just, you know, not situations, but it's just one of those uh, occasions to where when you look back on it, on a franchise like this, it's been going on for three over three decades. It, it really makes it one. It makes you feel old, like I said, 
but it really puts you really puts things into retrospective of how far a franchise has evolved and developed and basically basically gone from almost you know being forgotten or being put out to pasture when the Sonic franchise came around and just bouncing back and rising like the Phoenix to do so. So yeah, overall, um, overall though, it's great to see it thriving for over 35 years and hey, man, man, here's the 35 more or 15 more actually when you think about it. Here's the 35 more, which will make it 70, but here's the 15 more when it hits 50. Okay, so enough with that one. Let's go on to our third topic. Our third topic being the dis- discussing the information brought out, discussion on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X slash S. Okay, so in case you don't know, uh, both consoles came out with release dates and price, price ranging uh, for you know each version of the consoles. PlayStation, Sony, if you will, kind of screwed up a little bit because the day they made the revelation of, you know, when the game, when the system officially was going to be released, or systems, I should say, would be officially released along with the price tags, that was also the day they did pre-orders. Now, Sony, thankfully, um, you know, made up for that. They kind of acknowledged that they screwed up and that they're going to fix it. And, uh, you know, that's kudos on them. And then, of course, the Xbox Series X kind of trying to, Microsoft, of course, trying to upstage Sony by kind of saying, hey, you know, this is when the pre-orders are going to happen and da-da-da. So, yeah, the war is on again, and these systems haven't even come out yet. But, yeah, let's talk about them. Now, the PS5, the PlayStation 5, uh, when it was revealed, uh, it showed that both consoles will be released in November I think November 20th or something in time for Black Friday, of course, depending on what stores are open for Black Friday and the holiday season. But also they revealed the price range, but at the same time they revealed the price range. Now for the PS5 physical version, the PlayStation 5 physical version, in other words, where you have, in other words, where, uh, let me check for a second. Okay, just checking something for a moment. Just checking something there for a moment, guys. But again, what I was saying? Oh, yeah. Where basically, let me get a game here for a second. Well, basically, the physical version, which could be backwards compatible physically with these, with the PS4 games, uh, basically. The physical PlayStation 5 console is going to cost $499, basically $500. Now, the digital version, which allows you just to download the games digitally onto the system, will cost you $400. Now, from a discount price range, if you work at a store that allows you to do that, you're looking at 10, 15% off. So, with the addition of any other games you may put into it or want to add on to it, you're probably looking at a price range of maybe, I would say, 550 575 
as a whole if you want to get games and any additional accessories. And the same for the digital version. You're looking at 475 as a whole. So you're almost looking at close to 600 and 500, no matter how you view it. Especially if you want to get the uh, protection plan to go along with it so that if anything happens, you can get another one, you know, no problems asked. But, but yeah, you know, PlayStation, you know, it, 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 you know, is it me? Is it me or is it like every other generation, every other console generation, you know, one company outdoes the other. It's like Microsoft outdid Sony when it came to, um, when it came to the uh, Xbox 360 and the PS3, even though Sony did bounce back with some of the reversions and all that of the PS3. But was, but was it me or did Microsoft outdo them there? And now this, and then this current generation, you have Sony outdoing Microsoft. But Microsoft is like you know Sony did with the PS3. They're kind of bouncing back with their Xbox uh, One, One S, and Xbox One X or something like that. You know, is it just me? I'm just, I'm just curious. You know, I'm just curious. And now it seems that again the roles are reversed because Sony, like I said, is offering is retailing the physical version, the physical disc version of the PS5 for 500. Well, the, uh, you know, well, Microsoft is, you know, like what I'm trying to say is Sony is retailing the physical disc version of the PS5 for 500. Well, they're retailing the digital version for 400, which when you add everything together, would you want to get games with it? additional accessories, you're looking at a total of 600 and 500. You know, you know, you, you look at what they're doing, you look at that price range, and then you compare it to what Microsoft is doing. Microsoft, yes, they are selling the physical version, the more upscale premium version, if you will, of the Xbox Series X for, you know, 500, 499. But then there's offering a retail version, the Xbox Series S at $299, $300. And then on top of that, they're offering payment plans, installment plans, if you will, so that you don't have to spend your money all at once. And they're also offering, and they're offering these installment plans along with, you know, memberships, if you want to, you know, gold memberships and stuff like that to, you know, play any kind of games or whatever like they're doing right now. So it seems that Microsoft, again, just like they did two generations ago, two console generations ago, are basically taking the lead when it comes to, you know, being in favor of being, of giving the fans what they want. But, and that was the noon uh, whistle here in Newman. Uh, but anyway, it seems that that's what they're doing. It seems that the roles got reversed again. But, but here's the but here's a question. I'm sure a lot of people still wonder if they haven't heard about or haven't gotten the answer about already. Is why is Microsoft selling, you know, a, a, another reversion of the console for a lot less? Well, this reversion of the console, the Xbox 
Series S is basically for people that don't have 4K yet, believe it or not. People that don't have 4K can still get the same gaming experience somewhat with a few things taken out that they would get with the premium version of the Xbox Series X, from what I understand. I mean, there are a few things taken out, a few features here and there, but they could still get the same experience. They could play the same games, even if they don't have a 4K television. But honestly, in my opinion, everybody, whether they all want to admit it or not, sooner than later, even after the release dates and everything is calmed down, sooner or later, they're going to get the premium versions. They're going to get the premium versions of the PS5, which is the physical disc, 500 version. They're going to get the 500 version of the Xbox Series X because they're going to want all the features. They're going to want them. And that's a fact. You know, they're going to want them. And that's a fact. And they know it. People know it. People watching this later on, listening to this later on, know that to be a fact. So my honest opinion, uh, when I look at it as a whole, you know, does Microsoft kind of have the advantage from kind of have the advantage, you know, retail wise when it comes to, let's say, alternatives to the new consoles? Absolutely. They do. They have the alternative, you know, by they have the alternative advantage, I should say, by 200 bucks less. They do when it comes to the Series S compared to the digital version of the PS5 or digital console version of the PS5. You know, they have that advantage. You know, but again, overall, it's still going to cost you a lot. I mean, even with the Series X, let's say you want to get the accessories that would still be compatible with it as well as the games, you're looking at nearly 400 anyway. You're looking at as much, paying as much for a Series X in total as you would paying, you know, as you know, just for the console for a um, digital, digital only PS5 console. So, you're still looking at paying $100 more than what's being advertised either way or nearly $100 more. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to it's going to be quite interesting exactly what hap- happens when these officially launch in 2 months or a month and a half. Basically 2 months actually when you think about it. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, what, you know, what console, what company, you know, outdoes the other. Right now, retail-wise, it looks like Microsoft is going to have the advantage, but you never know. And with the fact that, you know, if we get another stimulus package that's similar, if not identical to what we had before, you can't tell me people won't take some of that money and be like, okay, I'm putting you aside. I'm putting you aside for this. And then go out the following month and say, okay, I'm getting, okay, I got my PS5 now. Okay, I got my Series X now. Do, 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 do. You can't tell me they won't do that. You can't tell me they won't do that because they will. They will. But honestly, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys this. Unless, like I mentioned in the first topic, unless Trump reopens America um, after Election Day or doing a victory speech if he's reelected, you know, don't expect sales for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X to go through the roof the moment they're released. Because people still 
right now have to save as much money as they can. So I'm telling you what's going to happen. I'll tell you what will happen. A lot of consoles, a lot of PS5s and Xbox Series Xs will not sell until Christmas, until Christmas time. They won't. They really, they, they won't. And unless company, unless retail stores online and physically in person, you know, slash the prices of these consoles down by 75% for Black Friday, you know, depending on what places are open for Black Friday, you know, it's, it's not going to, they're not going to sell a lot, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, you know, now you might say, oh, they will. Well, you look at the price ranges. I don't think they're going to. I mean, come Christmas time, perhaps they will. And maybe even into the new year. But I don't see them. Excuse me. I don't see them selling a lot the first week. I really don't. Unless Best Buy, Walmart, Target, Amazon. Unless come Black Friday and Cyber Monday, they slice the prices by 75% you know, to sell them, I don't see them selling out, you know, as quickly as they should, you know, as they would had, you know, the, you know, had we did had this pandemic not caused this country and the state in the world to be in the situation that it's in right now. So overall, overall, ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't. I don't see. I don't think the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, even though I do want to get one or get both, just like I did with the PS4 and the Xbox One S, even though it took me time to get them separately and individually on their own. I, I you know, as much as I want to get the new ones when they come out, probably take time and getting them. I, I don't see. To be honest with you, I do not see the series. I don't see these new consoles selling out as quickly as they should or as expected um, when they come out. I don't see it. I really don't. Even with the pre-orders, I don't see it because of what's going on right now. So, honestly, don't expect, don't expect them to sell out the first week they're out. Maybe expect an increase and in bump in sales as we get into the holiday season. And mostly expect a real huge bump in increase in sales when we get into 2021. But anyway, though, I am looking forward to them. And I'm hopefully going to get both of them within the next uh, year or so. That is a guarantee. Maybe within the next six to eight months or so. Because I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. Um, We're in September. Come the 25th, which is... What's today? The 1st, 21st, 22nd tomorrow, 23rd is Wednesday, 24th. Yeah. So basically within the span of 10 months, I hope and pray that not only will I have a job and have the money uh, to do so, but by the time I get to my 42nd birthday, I do expect to have both systems. That's a guarantee. That is a promise. That's a guarantee. Okay, so with that said, let's get to our fourth and final topic because this is something that if you're an MLP fan, a My Little Pony Friendship is Magic fan, you know, this is something that obviously you're curious about. 
and you're wondering, you know, why, you know, why is, um, you know, you're curious as to basically why this is happening. And that is uh, the fact that My Little Pony, the movie, the 2007 movie, is airing, and this is what the top, this is the questionable topic, what it's titled. Basically, why is the My Little Pony 2017 movie being shown on the likes of Freeform and the Disney Channel, which will be this Sunday, but not Discovery Family, which is the main cable home of Friendship is Magic, which the movie uh, is adapted from, or basically takes place within the same continuity of? Well, it's basically because of the fact that even though, even though, um, AllSpark, even though AllSpark Pictures is its main studio, you know, its main, uh, a main studio, basically, if you will, a production company, I should say, it's not the distributor. It's not. It's not the distributor. Lion Gates is the distributor. Lion Gates Films, Lion Gate Pictures is the main distributor of the 2017 movie, which means Lion Gates has the rights to distribute it to anybody else that they want. In other words, they want to distribute it to Epex. They can distribute it to Epex. They want to distribute it to Universal HD. They can distribute it to Universal HD. They want to distribute it to Freeform. They can distribute it to Freeform. To, to Disney Channel, they can do it to Disney Channel. And why? And why? Because Lion Gates wants to give any movie that they distribute, whether it's courtesy of AllSpark Pictures, whether it's courtesy of you know Blumhouse or whatever, they want to give as much exposure to any of the properties as they can. And from a business standpoint and a licensing distributing standpoint, places like Freeform, Universal HD, Epex, and most importantly, Disney Channel are the best places to get a more visual um, you know, recognition and acknowledgement. I mean, because you can't tell me, honestly, that Lion Gates didn't see the box office that they got, the, bo- the money they got back, the money they made back, if not more so, uh, from the film when it was at the theaters. I mean, a lot of people are comparing the fact that the live-action Mulan, despite its limita- limited theatrical release, and it's mostly subscription, um, distrib- uh, uh, it's subscription distribution, if you will. It's premium distribution on Disney+. Plus. You know, a lot of people are saying that My Little Pony the Movie, the 2017 one, has made more than Mulan, a Disney property, a Disney remake. So obviously Lion Gates is paying attention to that and they're like, hey, you know, if we made, they're basically saying, hey, look, we need as much exposure as we can with any of our properties. Let's license and distribute this out to all these other cable networks instead of the one that homes or houses the series that it's adapted from, or it's based within the continuity of. Let's distribute it out to those franchise, uh, out to those uh, affiliates. 
You know, it's the same thing with Hulu. You know, everybody was wondering, wait a minute, Netflix is the secondary home of Friendship is Magic. Netflix has all these specials, including Best Gift Ever, and I think even including Rainbow Road Trip. I'm not really sure. And they're looking at what LionGates is doing, and they're like, well, LionGates, why are you distributing it onto places like Hulu and not Netflix? It's all because of licensing. Hold on for a sec. Be right back. Like it's up. I was just checking something again, guys. But like I said, it's all about licensing and getting the most eyes on your product on the product. And even though some people would say, well, why isn't it on Netflix? You know, but it's on Hulu. Again, it's all about licensing. And also it's the fact that maybe there's this certain agreement or certain dealings that, you know, Lion Gates, or that not Lion Gates, but Hasbro can't make because of the fact that Lion Gates owns the distributing rights. And that's just my phone going off. That's the wrong number. Uh, but anyway, you know, they're wondering why, you know, why this is happening, if you will. You know, why, why you know, Netflix, you know, isn't, um, hold on for a sec, guys. Gotta let that go through. There we go. I don't know. It's one of those things. But anyway, you know, they wonder, you know, you know, why Netflix doesn't have it. And again, it's all about licensing, I think. It's all about, you know, certain dealings. Like Hasbro, as I was trying to say, can't make certain dealings because LionGate has the distributing rights. And maybe LionGate, you know, right now can't make any deals with Netflix because of reasonings. Who knows? So it's basically more of a distributing situation. It's kind of like with Transformers, the movie, the 86 film. Um, again, you know, I don't know what the issue was, but Sony, I think for a time had distributing rights. This is why, you know, when Sony had the distributing rights, you know, why we didn't see the movie on Blu-ray just yet, you know, from this country's regional perspective, Sony had the distributing rights. So they never allowed the movie to be put on Blu-ray. They only wanted it on DVD. But then when they basically lost the license or basically the licensing distrib- the distributing license expired, that's when Hasbro had Shout Factory jump in and say, hey, you know, take the license. Let's get this on Blu-ray in time for, let's say, the 35th anniversary or the 30th anniversary of the film, which they did. So basically, long story short, it's all distributing. It's all about distributing. Basically, once LionGates eventually loses the license, or has the distributing license expire, that's when basically Hasbro can shop the movie around, if you will. They could shop it around and have it air on Discovery Family. They can have it air you know, anywhere they want. If they wanted to air on Discovery Family, they could do that. Again, again, when, when Transformers the movie, uh, when Hasbro was able to get back the license and able to distribute it or 
make deals with, let's say, Shout Factory and all that to put the movie out on Blu-ray, they also had the ability to distribute it anywhere they wanted. And since the series that the 86 movie was based on was on Discovery Family, they pretty much said, let's put the movie on Discovery Family. Let's air the movie on Discovery Family. And that's what they did on occasions. And that's what you got to look at with uh, the with the 2017 movie that until Lion Gates uh, distributing license expires, Lion Gates will have the final say on who they distribute uh, the movie to, who they allow to air the movie at. And if Lion Gates feels Freeform, and Disney Channel, and Epex, and Universal HD, and whoever they feel, whoever else they feel can give them the most exposure for this film, then they're going to do it. And maybe they let Hasbro know, look, you know, and maybe they talked to Hasbro and they said, look, we know people want the movie on Netflix. They, they want the movie on Discovery Family. But even though Netflix could give a lot more exposure, you know, Hulu could do just the same, if not more, along with Peacock. Yeah, Peacock TV. Uh, basically, they're letting them know, hey, you know, we know you got another movie coming out. So wouldn't it be best if you want more? If you, wouldn't it be best that if you want exposure for that new movie, that if the movie that you did recently gets exposure and if that makes any sense. And I think that's why when you, when you look at the film, when you look at the reason why it's being distributed, it's a, you know, by Lion Gates to other places, except discovery family and maybe Netflix. It's do it's one deal. To, it's one it's due to inner workings within a distributing basically they can basically make being able to make certain deals and not being able to make certain deals and agreements. And two, you know, Lion Gates has the rights to distribute it anywhere they want that they feel will give them the most exposure. And, you know, yeah, Netflix could give them a lot of exposure, but because Lion Gates is in a partnership right now with the likes of Hulu, then Hulu will be the first priority from a streaming platform or along with Amazon Prime that they will give first dibs to. Which is why the movie is free for Prime members on M- through Prime Video, you know, and, and nothing else. So, long story short, it's basically about distributing rights. Would it be nice if one day they advertise, "Hey, here's a Pony Palooza," and they show all the episodes, some of the best episodes of Friendship is Magic, and they conclude with the Discovery Family premiere of the 2017 movie? Absolutely, not a pr- that'd be great. But right now, they can't do that due to distributing reasons. And that's about it. So that's why, as much as people may not like to acknowledge it or admit it, that's why the 2017 MLP movie, as good as it is, and as much as good as it is, and as much money as it made back, and if not more so during its theatrical run, you know, this is why from a distributing uh, standpoint, when it comes to on, on-screen television, you know, why Lion Gates is distributing it to anybody else except Discovery Family because of the fact that it gives it more exposure. And they probably look at Netflix and they're like, it's going to get lost in the shuffle. You know, let's put it on Hulu it, it, where it won't get lost in the shuffle as much and even with Amazon. So, so that's basically why, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion, that the movie is not being distributed, you know, and hello, Lucky uh, Green. Nice to see you guys here. 
But again, that's why basically um, why it's being distributed anywhere else except Discovery Family and Netflix. Because one, Discovery Family may not give it, give it as much exposure you know, as places like Disney Channel, Freeform, Universal HD, and Epix. And why, from a streaming standpoint, it's not being put on Netflix because it might get lost in a shuffle. Who knows? But that's just my opinion. What do you guys think? That's just my opinion. But I do believe, in my honest opinion, that once the license is expired, once the license expires, that's when, you know, that being distributing license for Netflix, that once that happens, not only will Hasbro swoop in and get that license back and put it under the AllSpot Pictures deal and the Paramount deal, but they'll make sure that one of the first places that movie gets aired when it comes to television is Discovery Family. And they'll do it, honestly, in my opinion, by doing a Pony Palooza and then, boom, concluding it with the movie. So that's why, you know, the uh, 2017 MLP movie, you know, is being shown on the likes of Freeform and Dis Disney Channel, but not Discovery Family. So with that said, that concludes today's topics on my mind for today, the 21st of September, 2020, which is not the first day of fall. It's actually the last day of summer. Tomorrow's the first day of fall. And I want to thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening uh, through the various podcasts. Again, uh, contribute to um, the Patreon. The link is provided in the description as well as listen to my, as well as uh, get, uh, take time to listen to my BW Roses discussions at the various podcasts and listed as well, as well as subscribe to my Brian's Discussions channel here on YouTube and help me get to a thousand subscribers so I can montage that one, possibly along with this one when I reapply on October 15th. Eighth. Um, anyway, though, guys, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. And this will be up on the podcast later on once it has time to finish uh, processing all that uh, here on YouTube. But again, links are provided to the places where you can help me out financially until I get another job. Um, hopefully, it'll be a job here in town, either with the Knob Hill uh, store, which is a Rayleigh's, part of the Rayleigh's Corporation, or with Dollar General or whatever. So let me know. But again, thank you all for listening. Let me know what you all guys think down below. Comment if you like. And I am out. God bless. Take care. Peace.